It's Doable Discipleship, and I'm Doug Jones. And I'm Jason Whelan. This is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, but you know we like to call it. The show that helps you grow. Let me say at the top of this episode that I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so there could be a little hacky-hacky, coffee-coffee throughout this episode. Just please bear with that. I'll try to cough off mic, because we don't have a high-budget cough button (laughs) for our recording. Thankfully for everybody out there, uh, you won't hear much of Doug today. Uh, because we have a very special two-part episode or two-part series that we're doing on the Christmas story, and we brought in the big guns for t- for this uh, special. We have uh, Buddy Owens here, who's going to be doing a reading of the Christmas story, broken into this week's and next week's episode. So this week he's going to be reading from the Gospel of of John and the Gospel of Luke. And interspersed a few times, um, you will also hear some commentary um, on the passages uh, from Doug and myself, talking about just some thoughts, some insights into uh, what we are reading. That's right. Uh, You're not going to hear us um, referencing the passage that they came from, or Buddy's not going to say this is from this verse and that kind of thing. We've just taken the different gospel accounts of Jesus's the announcement of Jesus' coming and his birth, and we've kind of blended them together to create one smooth narrative. I think it'll be a pretty cool listening experience. Yeah, we're also exploring some new audio elements with this, so it'll be. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be really sweet. Uh, we're, we're kicking off uh, today with a, uh, a kind of a look at the announcement of Jesus coming. We're calling this episode The Mighty Savior Foretold, and we're going to be looking specifically today, at least in part, looking at the coming of John the Baptist, who was a relative of Jesus, you may not have known that. And uh, interestingly, John kind of gets shuffled aside a little bit. We sometimes skip over his part of the Christmas story. But uh, John and Jesus were actually in their mother's tummies at the same time. They're separated by about six months. And Jesus actually has a lot of interplay with John later on in his ministry. And we're going to look at that, you know, probably down the road. But today it's interesting... um, Buddy brought up to us when we were prepping for all this, he talked about Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, and it announces John the Baptist's coming. It says, look, I'm sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So today we're going to be looking at both the foretelling of Jesus and also the coming of John the Baptist, and I think you'll enjoy it. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right 
to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about, when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Friends, so what I want to look at here just quickly is the emphasis on light that is seen in this passage. Now, light is a theme of John's ministry. It's something he comes back to a lot. And what I'd encourage you to do is go back and read John 1, verses 1 through 18, and just look for all of the references to light that can be found in this passage. It's it's such an, an important and interesting note as you lead up to Jesus eventually later saying, I am the light of the world. There's so much power in looking at light coming out of a dark time in human history, and yet here comes Christ, the light of the world. And John is heralding that in this, and it's it's just, it's very, very special and very powerful. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom with the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children 
and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. So a couple thoughts on this. <clears throat> First of all, Gabriel has the coolest job of all the angels. Absolutely. He's the guy... He shows up and talks to Daniel in the Old Testament. He's the guy that gets to foretell the coming of John the Baptist. He's the guy that gets to come and foretell the coming of Jesus to both Mary and Joseph. He's got all this great news. He's just the guy, anytime there's good news to be shared, Gabriel's the guy that gets to do it. I love that. <laughs> it's good to be Gabriel, I bet. Um, so this is a interesting conversation, which actually really kind of harks back and reminds me of the conversation, um, uh, a similar conversation between the angel and uh, Abraham back when he promised that they would be bearing a son. And they had the same conversation. It's kind of like, Zechariah, don't you remember? <laughs> don't you remember the conversation remember with Abraham? <laughs> yeah, God's done this once before. He can definitely do it again. Another note I want to make here, too, is that uh, you may not have ever thought of John the Baptist uh, in this way, but John was actually someone who we can classify as the last Old Testament prophet. Because you may not... We may or may not know this, but prior to the coming of John the Baptist, there had been 400 years of silence. Since the writings of Malachi, nothing else had been written. There was no new scripture given. There was no new prophecy given by God. There was a period of long silence before the coming of the Messiah. And when John shows up, particularly you know when um, Gabriel appears to Zechariah, you have the first prophecy, the first thing that's foretold in 400 years. And... Uh, in the end, John would be the last person to speak on God's behalf before the coming of Jesus himself. So John has a very special place in the narrative of the Bible because he stands in between the two Testaments. He has one hand in the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, the covenant, and he has another hand in the New Testament, the coming of Christ. He is the bridge between old and new. So he has a very important place. That's why we're spending time looking at his story. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary the angel told her. 
for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored? that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear Him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. So these are incredible and beautiful words from Mary. Uh, And I would have loved to hear this song sung in its original language. (laughs) That would be a truly incredible thing to hear. Um, But you hear Mary um, just giving such um, beautiful and mature praise to God, accepting and actually beyond accepting, um, really relishing this special role that God has given her in bringing the Messiah into this world. I think she... She identified herself. She said, I am the Lord's servant. That's mm-hmm. how she responded to the call. Yeah. And I think you see that come forth in just how she gives praise. Because yeah. that's she knows I am the Lord's servant. This is a moment where you kind of understand why God chose Mary to be that woman, you know. Um, and, and I think I'll call everyone's attention too as you're listening, uh, especially when we start next week's episode and get into the story of uh, Jesus being foretold and his actual coming. 
Um, you'll hear a phrase that keeps coming up that refers to Mary storing these things up or treasuring these things up in her heart. And it's clear that along the process, she was she was reflecting on what God was doing. She was enjoying what God was doing. She recognized how special it was. And actually, even though we're not exactly in her shoes, I think that because of the narrative that the Gospels give us, we sort of get to share in the joy that she was experiencing. And I'll also note here, too, that Luke was someone who wrote his gospel by collecting eyewitness accounts. And when we see these glimpses into Mary's internal life, it reminds us that Luke probably wrote this account after speaking at length with Mary about her own personal experience. And so as we read through Luke's account, um, we hear a glimpse into Mary's internal spiritual and emotional life um, that I think really adds a lot of beauty to the story overall. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What, they exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel.
we hope you had a great time listening to this first part of the Christmas story. Uh, absolutely do not miss next week where we take the second part on. We'll be talking about Jesus foretold. We'll talk about Jesus' coming. And we'll talk about some of the classic elements of the Christmas story like the Magi and all that good stuff next week. So don't miss that. And don't forget, how could you forget, obviously, Christmas services are coming up. So be sure to look at the schedule in the calendar of service times. Choose one to go to. Choose one to bring a friend to. Um, No matter which church or campus you go to, make sure to make Christmas services not only for you and your family, but invite somebody also. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. These excerpts from the New Living Translation were used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers Incorporated. All rights reserved. Product available for purchase at www.tyndale.com. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Music